What it do, baby? Yes, sir. It's your boy, Big Zoo. Back with you right here for another episode of Time the Jets podcast. And you know where you're listening to us. And I know you know where you're listening to us on. But let me just remind you real quick to hit us with a subscribe on that Apple podcast, Spotify, or Amazon Music, wherever it is you happen to listen to us. Hook it up with a subscribe. And hook it up with one of those five-star ratings because they're a beautiful thing. They help keep the lights on, as we always say. Pay the bills, pay the mortgage, put some food in this stomach, and of course, put some food in my dog's stomach as well. So you don't want the dog to go hungry. That's that's just a terrible thing. So go hook it up with a five-star rating. <laughs> like it, subscribe, appreciate you all. Also... Hit me up on that Twitter machine with all your thoughts on the Jets right now. What are your thoughts coming out of week one, heading into week two? What do you think the biggest issues are here with this team right now? Offensive line. Is it the secondary? How do you feel heading into week two against the Patriots with the home opener coming up here at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, baby? It's about that time to start getting it going and... I mean, I'm excited. It's Patriot Week, man, and there's a lot going on. There is, let me tell you, there is a lot, a lot, a lot going on in Jets world this week. I, um, from guys hitting the IR to guys getting signed. I mean, a lot of ins and out, a lot of moving pieces. Let's get right into it. I want to start out with guys coming in. So who did the Jets add this weekend? Let's start out. With Thomas Morstead, punter. You might know him from his days with the Saints. He was there for a long time. And, I mean, this guy is just a pro's pro. He's a veteran in that locker room. A guy who has won. I mean, a guy who just adds a lot of experience, hopefully, to that special teams unit. And a guy who, last year, had a pretty solid year. I mean, he was top 10 in fair catch rate. Lowest return rate and hang time. Although as the season went along, you started to see his leg die out. He was 32nd in average punt, in length of punt. So that's not exactly what you want to see. He's an elder statesman, 35 years old. And you know what? Honestly, I don't know what you're going to get out of Thomas Morstead, but it's nice to have a guy come in to fill in for Braden Mann, who has been there, done that. I know the Jets also worked out Lachlan Edwards this week, but obviously Morstead showed a little something more, and I think he'll fit in right here because, you know, when you look at Braden Mann, he's not going to be out that long. He will be out probably four to six weeks with that knee injury. Hopefully it's close to that four side, but at the same time, there's a bye week in between after the London game versus the Falcons in week five so that would mark about four weeks that bye week would be the fifth so you'll get six weeks that's really not that bad hopefully Morstead is able to fill that void for the time being because Braden Mann is a big time big time player to lose but you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to keep moving along here and I need to say really quickly I didn't uh didn't give him a shout the other day but Young rookie kicker Matt Amendola having to step up in uh, 
emergency punter situation, he did a heck of a job. I mean, I got to be honest, when I saw Braden Mann get hurt early in that game after the way that offense looked, I was just, I felt like it was going to be an absolute disturbing kind of score that was going to happen. But Amendola was really good punting the ball. I mean, we haven't seen him kick the ball at an upright yet, so we'll see how good of an actual place kicker he is when that happens. But, I mean, in terms of punting, the guy might have a career ahead of him. We'll see. But uh, shout-outs to Matt Amendola. That's not an easy thing to do, especially in your first-ever professional game in the NFL. So that's a a good sign for the young guy out of Oklahoma State. Hopefully, uh, like I said, when... He's putting those at the uprights. He's putting them in between them. But uh, back in, back into the additions and uh, unfortunately IR trips for this week. We can't uh, we can't go too much further without taking a look at the defense where you have Blake Cashman who was working in over the weekend, not really in a big role, but you know what he was the backup in that linebacking core and he was getting some some minutes out there some plays and he's going to be out here for I don't an unspecified amount of time with a hamstring injury probably I mean you're talking about at least three games so I mean you're probably looking at him coming back either in London or more likely after that bye week so what did the Jets do to replace Blake Cashman they actually go out and make a signing that I think is phenomenal for this team and this is a guy who can come in and start immediately this weekend or next weekend I mean sometimes you like to ease guys in I would get him out there as soon as possible but BJ Goodson who was a linebacker for the Cleveland Browns last year drafted by the Giants a couple years back fourth rounder he's been in the league for five seasons this will be his sixth now couple of teams he's bounced around between Green Bay Giants and of course last year with Cleveland where he had arguably his best year of his career he had 91 tackles two picks and defended six passes I mean that's kind of exactly what this linebacking core was missing in that first game you saw CJ Mosley looking like a I mean not very good when he got torched by Robbie Anderson and I mean, I'm not saying B.J. Goodson's going to be able to cover Robbie Anderson, but C.J. Mosley is definitely not a guy who can drop into coverage or that you should be looking to drop into coverage all that often, or man coverage at least. So when you bring in a guy like Goodson who has that ability to play on receivers, on tight ends, on running backs out of the backfield, that's huge for this linebacking core. It's something that, honestly, we've been missing for a while in general, but this is a good pickup for the Jets. And like I said, I think he should be starting immediately for this team because not only does he bring all of what I just said to the table, but he's also a veteran in a defense filled with rookies. And especially now when you look into the secondary where we had another injury over the weekend and that was to LaMarcus Joyner. And unfortunately, we found out that that was a torn tricep and he's going to have surgery and he'll be done for the rest of the season. So LaMarcus Joyner, new signing for the Jets from the Raiders, actually was, you know, a guy that I thought was going to have a big impact on this defense and be a nice veteran leader for this team. 
unfortunately, he's down in the first game. Done for a year. So that that thought of a veteran there on defense in the secondary, that kind of is gone now. And that duty and responsibility goes right back onto the shoulders of Marcus May. And not to say Marcus May can't handle that. He's a good player. But it's nice when you have a couple of guys in that secondary who are veterans, especially when your corners are Bryce Hall, who's in his second year, and a ton of rookies. It's just, it's really hard for me to believe that this is going to be something that this team is going to be able to overcome. The secondary is really, really weak, and it got significantly weaker losing Joyner. I mean, there has to be a trade made at some point if there's going to even be a thought of having a competitive secondary, in my opinion. Now, maybe the front seven is able to hold it up where the D-backs are giving a little bit of help because, honestly, that's what they're going to need for the rest of the season. This front seven is going to have to be absolutely unbelievable because LaMarcus Joyner was replaced off of the practice squad with Gerard Wilson, who was also a safety little bit of time in the league, but not LaMarcus Joyner. And definitely not enough of a difference maker to make up for what you're losing in LaMarcus Joyner. And pair that with just everything else that has happened to this defense throughout training camp, losing Vinnie Curry, losing Carl Lawson. It's just, it's not looking too hot. And speaking of not looking too hot, that offensive line didn't look too hot on Sunday, and that's a understatement of the century. And unfortunately, to pair up with that bad performance by the line, Mekhi Becton also went down with injury, and we've found out a little bit more about this injury over the past couple of days. It was initially reported it was a strain MCL. It looks like now there's a chance that he could miss the entire year because they're saying it was a dislocated knee. And while there's a chance it could only be four to six weeks, six to eight weeks now, it looks like the timetable. If he requires surgery, that will be the season for Mekhi Becton. And if he requires surgery, that's going to be a major hit to this young man's career. It's going to be a major hit to this organization I said this on Sunday, he's a big dude, and I mean, I'm a big dude myself, so I'm by no means am I judging him for being a big guy, but to recover from lower body injuries and knee surgeries in particular, he's going to have to really sit down and just kind of look at himself in the mirror and decide, what do I want for my career? Because if you want to come back and you want to come back and play your ass off off of an injury like this, you're going you're gonna to need to look at yourself. Because these are things that are going to add up. They're not going to get easier to come back from as you get older. It's not going to be easy right now to play on so- certain things like this, and you're only going to get hurt more. So Makai Becton really needs to take this time with whatever this injury ends up being. If it ends up being season-ending with surgery, he needs to really sit and look at himself and try to figure out how good of an offensive lineman he wants to be because he has all the tools. He has the size. 
He has the ability. He has the agility. For a man his size to move the way he does is very, very impressive. Don't get anything mistaken. It is very impressive for a guy his size to move the way that he does. And that's that's what makes him such an exciting prospect. That's what makes him such a guy you look at and you you picture him just being an unstoppable left tackle. The kind of guy that nobody can get around. And unfortunately right now, he's just... I can understand what people who have come out and said things about him, maybe what they mean. And hopefully this injury can set him on the right direction for becoming the best player that he possibly can be. Because this, the guy that he currently is, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to take a shot at him or anything, but it's just, it's not going to translate in the long term to success. I just, I don't see it happening, especially now that we're talking about the potential of season engine season ending i apologize knee surgery because that's something that's difficult for any player to recover from especially a dude who's 370 pounds that's just that's just straight facts right there and i believe in makai and i think he's going to do the work necessary and i think he's going to get into that right mindset to become the player we all believe that he can and will become and hopefully he'll have the opportunity to continue on that path this year. I really hope that he does not have to go under the knife or any type of surgery because that's just that's just what not what you want for any player in any situation, let alone the guy who you're trying to build your offensive line of the future and protect your quarterback of the future with. You want him to get as many reps, as many opportunities to grow as a player as possible and it would be a damn shame if he got hurt in week one and that was the end of his season, his second season in the league. It would just be a damn shame if that's how it went for Mekhi Becton at this point in his career. And, I mean, it's a damn shame losing Mekhi Becton for the Jets at the same time as it is for Mekhi. And I, while I suffer with Mekhi as a... As a person, and I feel for him, I definitely am also hurting as a Jet fan because this offensive line was absolutely... I mean, there's no two ways about it. They were disrespectfully bad on Sunday. It was it was disrespectful to watch them play. I mean, Corey Davis had the you know balls to come out after the game and call everybody out and said, you know, hey, that's our guy. That's our quarterback. We got to protect him, and today wasn't good enough. That's exactly what he said. That's, I mean, and I, I'm i starting to really like Corey Davis, man. Between his performance on the field Sunday to calling out the offensive line for playing like trash, I mean, this dude is really starting to show out as a leader for this team. Back on the subject, though. He said nothing wrong in that statement, he might have called out his teammates on week one, and that might be a little harsh, but the way that that offensive line played, the way that Carolina was slamming Zach Wilson into the ground and just getting to him so easily, putting pressure on him, making him have to go and throw on the run and make ridiculous throws, 
it's not good for a young quarterback, especially one as you know small as Zach Wilson. He's not going to make it through a year like that. A guy like Corey Davis, who obviously sees the potential in Zach firsthand catching balls from him, he knows that that's reality. He knows that this guy needs to be protected. Zach needs to be protected because he has the tools. He has the ability, and he, if you give him the time, he's going to develop into something special. I'm, I'm starting to believe that. Watching him play a lot more, watching him play one full game in the NFL kind of helps you out a little bit. It shows you a little something. You're going to have to see a full season of it, but he's on the right path. You got two guys on this offensive line. I mean, let's take that back. The entire offensive line played terribly the other day. But there are two guys in particular who had just god-awful games from start to finish. You got George Fant, who is now going to be moved over to left tackle. And you have Connor McGovern at center. And these are two guys who, for one reason or another... We're just getting completely and utterly humiliated over the weekend. I mean, George Fant might as well not have been out on the field. They might as well have just left that that right tackle position wide open for the entire first half. They, they should have just not had anybody there. It would have the same type of resistance. On the other side, you got Connor McGovern, who was just getting blown by every other play and any time they tried to run the ball up the middle, it was completely blown up. It was one of the most pathetic displays of run blocking I've ever seen from an interior lineman. And honestly, if that performance were to continue, Conor McGovern is getting cut this year. It's That's not even going to be a question. He's getting cut. And both of these guys are now in a position where they're going to be integral parts of the development of Zach Wilson and also in the development of Elijah Vera Tucker because now they are going to be the bookends on what Elijah Vera Tucker is as a left guard. It's going to be a big, big, big week of practice for these guys. I can't stress it enough. George Fant has to prepare for these games this game in particular, because you got to take it one game at a time if you're George Fant right now, he needs to prepare for this game and play this game as if his entire career depends on it. Because I truthfully believe that if he wants to be a starter in this league or taken seriously as a starter in this league or even taken seriously as a lineman in this league, he's going to need to show a lot over these next couple of games here in the absence of Makai Becton. And Connor McGovern, I said it already. That guy, if he plays like he did on Sunday, he is going to get cut. And, I mean, if I'm the Jets, I'm already starting to look around the league and try to see what there is in terms of centers because that position, that's, I mean, for a young quarterback, your center is going to be the guy that you're communicating with, that you're working with, that... He's right in front of you. He, that's your first line of defense right there. If he's getting blown past every single time, I mean, there's nothing you can do as a QB, especially Zach Wilson, you know, a rookie. It's not. It's just not going to happen. And 
you got both of those guys who are question marks heading into this week. In addition to Vera Tucker, who is still a rookie, and Van Rotten, who had a terrible game. And now the new starter added to the line is actually probably the guy that I feel the most confident in, even though he wasn't necessarily great on Sunday by any means either. And that's Morgan Moses. And Morgan Moses, just like McGovern and Fant, is playing for his football life right now, but in a much different way. Morgan Moses is literally playing for the rest of his career right now. Because if Morgan Moses goes out there and plays terribly and looks like a shell of himself and is getting beat every single time and needs to have a tight end on him to have even a prayer of keeping an end in front of him or an edge rush in front of him, then Morgan Moses is going to get cut, and that's going to be the end of Morgan Moses' career because no team is going to want to pick him up after that at his age. It's just, it is how it is. That's the game of football. And unfortunately, sometimes some guys get got. And this offensive line needs to have a wake-up call because the performance last week was the worst, one of the worst I've ever seen in my entire life from an offensive line. And that's not hyperbole, that's just... That's just straight facts. Rob Sala might not be as harsh on them. You know, he said uh, it's more of a it's more of a team kind of a concept, the blocking. And I get you want to use your tight ends to help out on the outsides and move them around and do all this crazy mumbo jumbo that's part of the Shanahan offense. But It comes down to can your offensive linemen block. And on Sunday, they did one of the poorest jobs you could ever see. They did not do their job. If that continues to happen, you cannot let you cannot let what happened to Sam Darnold happen to Zach Wilson because it will happen very quickly. And unlike with Sam you might see a major injury happen here because Zach Wilson is not nearly the quarterback in terms of stature that Sam Darnold is. So you're taking major, major risks with the future of your franchise if you continue to play him behind an offensive line that cannot block for him. That's that's an organizational failure if you allow that to happen. If you allow a Derek Carr situation to happen here with Zach Wilson, that's an organizational failure. And I'm not ready to call anybody out for that yet because there's time for adjustments to be made. There's time for these linemen to look in the mirror and get themselves figured out. And hopefully that's what's going on this week. We saw there were good adjustments made in between the first half and the second half on Sunday versus the Panthers. Hopefully, they were able to look at things from that first and second half and figure out what they need to do better, who they need to have in positions, who needs to be getting more reps on the field, and who needs to be working their ass out more in practice. And, I mean, there's nothing more to say about that on the defensive side. But on the offensive side, There's one guy who apparently might need to be uh, working his ass out a little bit more in the film room and reading the playbook, and that would be one Denzel Mims, who a lot of fans were wondering about on Sunday, is he going to get an opportunity here to prove himself? And I agreed. I thought that that would be a chance for him to 
you know, get a couple of snaps on the field more than he would any other week and maybe show out a little bit. Maybe show, hey, I'm a second-round pick. I'm only one year removed from coming out of the draft. You still got to respect me. You still got to give me a chance. He only had three plays. I mean, one of them was a 40-yard catch, but it was a blown coverage completely. So, I mean, you could take that with a grain of salt. A lot of people were questioning why he only plays three plays on Sunday, including myself. Uh, Although when things like that happen, you know that it's usually for a reason. So while you could question it, I kind of had a feeling I knew why. I wasn't expecting to hear this. I was just expecting to, you know, hear Braxton Berrios was playing a lot better. But to hear Robert Sala, and I have the quote right here. So I will, I'll read it to you real quick. Salah said, he's got to know when you're not one of the main guys, you got to know all three spots and you've got to know it at a high level. So you can step in and take advantage of all those opportunities. Obviously, Denzel Mims was not caught up to date on what he's supposed to be doing out there at all the different positions. And that includes being able to play out of the slot. That includes being able to play out of the X and the Y as well. This is, I mean, that's, that's, that's an indictment on Denzel Mims for sure. I don't know if Robert Sala meant it to be as harsh as it comes off, but maybe he did because now you're looking at a situation where Keelan Cole is coming back this weekend And Jamison Crowder is supposed to be activated from the COVID-19 list tomorrow. And when those two guys come back, you're going to see Denzel Mims drop all the way back down on the depth chart once again. And this time, I think you're going to see him drop behind Braxton Berrios in a situation where Mims is now sitting there as a sixth receiver on this team. I'm not sure. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not sure what type of value a second-round pick from a year ago as a number six receiver really has to the Jets right now. So I'm just going to put it on record. I'm just going to say it. Denzel Mims will not be a Jet by the trading deadline. Whether that be because he's cut or be because he's traded, Denzel Mims will not be on this team after the trading deadline of this season. It's just an indictment on him from the head coach immediately. He doesn't play. He's not going to play. He's buried on the depth chart. It's just, it's not going to happen. And it's unfortunate that Denzel was a second round pick and this had to happen the way that it's happening. And unfortunately, you know, things you kind of end up wasting a second round pick in this situation. But if you're able to trade Denzel, maybe bring in some depth for the secondary, perhaps depth on the offensive line. That's a good trade. Even if you're able to bring in a pick, maybe that's something that, you know, you could uh, flip and turn into a player that can help you depth-wise or maybe even be a starter for you down the stretch as an offensive lineman. If you find out this week that George Fant 
or Morgan Moses or Van Rotten or Connor McGovern aren't able to perform their duties. And I got to tell you, if that's what we find out this week, then changes need to be made immediately. That's all I got for you here today. I know, a little bit of a quicker show. But we like to keep it nice and tight, nice and precise, get you the information you need, get you the thoughts on that information you need, which is most importantly why you come here. Let me know your thoughts. Is Denzel Mims going to be traded? What is his value? Is he going to be able to work his way back into the graces with his coaching staff and find his way onto the field? You let me know. Hit me up at Zubeard77. What are your thoughts on the O-line? Holla at me. Also, I'll give it one more, one more, one more here. Plug. Subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, every subscribe is greatly appreciated, and it's a beautiful Wednesday, it's hump day, it's already over, we're almost on Thursday, baby, and you know what that means, football Thursday night, and then Friday is already here, so it's already time for the weekend, so essentially after tonight, it's the the weekend already here, let's do it, let's get it done. I will talk to you guys on Friday, so check it out. Like I said, subscribe to the podcast. Follow me at Zubeard77. I'll keep you up to date on everything related to time to jets, but it's time to jet for me, so I will catch you guys next time on Friday. Peace.